Welcome to the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast, a show designed for brand new sales reps working in the world of tech sales. I'm your host, Neil Buyan, and I'm going to be taking you on a journey on the SDR Disco Call vidcast and podcast. Did you know that you can watch this show live with the guests on YouTube? This show is available on YouTube at happyselling.io. Hello listeners and watchers, welcome to another chapter in the SDR Disco Call Show. I'm your host, Neil Buyan. If this is your first time to the show, this show is all about helping sales development reps that are working in the world of tech sales to understand what's going on in this career, in this field, and become happy sellers by getting insights from people across the globe. And my job is just to be the host and guide you on this journey. Now today's episode's a little different on the beaten track and this is somebody that I really wanted to bring onto the show for a very long time and today we're finally here. This person is very special to me because not only are they a close personal friend but I deem this person as a mentor in my life and this person has seen me grown over the years and I'm very proud and privileged to have them on the show. So yes, could you uh, introduce yourself? Who are you? Hello. Nice introduction, Neil. Thank you. Um, uh, so I'm Ant. Everyone knows me as Ant. I'm Anthony Nyman and I run a fitness company which is called Antics Fitness. I'm a personal trainer by trade but yeah, that's uh, that's what I do now. I, I don't do personal training anymore. I run my fitness company which is Antics Fitness. Thank you very much for introducing yourself Ant and welcome to the SDR Disco Call Show. Just as a gentle reminder for our listeners, if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform such as Apple or Spotify, please make sure that you give us a right rating and subscribe. And if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, please like, comment and subscribe down below. So Anthony Nyman of Antics Fitness, could you tell us like where are you based in the world? What do you specifically do? Uh, and could you tell us a little bit of what you do outside of that as well? Yeah. So uh, Antics is, like I say, a fitness company, and we are based around Surrey. So at the moment we do, the the classes itself, are we have three a week, and they're in Sutton and Carshall, and so within like five or ten minutes of each other, and that's the classes. Um, I also have stuff that's branched off of that, so the online training as well, which is relatable for everyone around the world so it doesn't just have to be the people that are close to me and same i do nutrition plans which are called transformantics same principle we help people that aren't close to me in sutton Carshall, and that sort of area um but predominantly antics fitness is based in in sutton and uh yeah that's that's where we are outside of antics uh what's important to me who am i well very very family orientated family is everything to me um and also i include my dog in that sushi my beautiful shiba inu so i like to spend time with her i'm a girlfriend jade and a couple of close friends as well uh and hobbies wise i've been going to football since i was seven i'm 37 now so I've been going to football with my dad for the last 30 years to support Sutton United and support your local team. It's important. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. I like to go out to eat. 
mainly like to go out and eat sushi, as in the food, not the dog. But that is why probably she got her name. She was going to be called Burger King, but I grew out of that place. So, yeah, we've gone for sushi. But, yeah, that's what I like to do. Go out to eat, go to football, um, and spend my time with the most important people to me. Keep my circle nice and small. Quite a simple life, but very fulfilling. I think that's mainly because I'm so fulfilled in what I do for work, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Definitely. Thank you so much for the introduction. I'm hoping today, and not only the listeners and the subscribers and watchers, but even myself, we're going to be learning something new about you today, about your journey. So for our listeners and watchers, you may be asking, okay, why is Neil getting somebody that isn't an SDR, a sales development rep, but getting somebody that's in fitness onto the show? Main reason number one is because it's my show and I can bring up who I want. But secondly, because this person is very uh, important to myself and somebody's quite pivotal. So obviously with Anthony, he does fitness, he does classes, he does online plans and workouts. But this person, from my point of view, is a motivational speaker. So as you may have seen with uh, a lot with happy selling and my push towards bringing positivity to sales stems from the inspiration that I get from this gentleman on a weekly basis, three times a week, but also as a personal friend, because this person has seen me gone through different phases in my life. And the person that you're seeing standing here today or sitting down on this podcast show, part of it has a big part to do with Ant. So that's why I wanted to bring him on the show to see if we can unpart this positivity, because especially when it comes to mindset, motivation, uh, and you know, the, the, the cause of keeping going when things are tough, this guy is the dude for that as well. So that's the way that I like to see it. And again, and we're really privileged and happy to have you on today's show. So normally for our watchers, what I like to do at this point is share our screen uh, to give you a bit of an insight into Ant's world. And one day I do hope to get Ant on LinkedIn and we're working on that. I'm going to give him a bit of coaching and training on it. But visiting anticsfitness.com, just a gentle reminder, you can view any of the links from today's show in the description notes in our show notes. Uh, but what we can see with Ant is that you provide high energy classes in terms of fitness, provide nutritional plans, and you do something quite cool close to my heart. You have a subscription business called Antix Flex. We can get all that juicy information about keeping fit in the comfort of your own home. But also what I wanted to do is show a little bit of what does it look like to work out with this dude? So uh, as mentioned, Ant provides three classes a week in Surrey where around 80 to 120 people attend to do workouts with them. Uh, and as you can see, this is something which is a big piece, and then you can see myself there as well. But Ant has the bod of a god, <laughs> and you've been working very close while <laughs> building this community and family uh, three times a week. And again, if you want to check them out on TikTok, check out Antics Fitness. We can see all the classes and everything they're doing together. But and obviously, this is something that you've been building over for the past, you know, near enough decade now. But I would love to know, uh, and for our listeners and watchers, when did it all start with you? What's the story behind all of this? And, you know, what made you the man that you are today, sir? So it all started, I got into the fitness industry 12 years ago, just over 12 years ago now. So I think I was 25, 24, 25 at the time. But we've got to go back a little bit further than that to find out actually who I am and why I got into that industry it wasn't it wasn't really by chance um so growing up looking back never had it labeled but extremely anxious kid nowadays I think it would be labeled as anxiety back then it was labeled as he's shy or he's nervous but looking back I was pretty scared of everything I think 
that's sometimes a bit of a genetic thing. I think genetically, some people are just real warriors. And I just remember the sick feeling in my stomach that I used to have pretty much every day as a kid just to do anything, go to school or anything like that. So I was never very confident, not really a huge deal. It just was, I saw myself as not being one of the confident kids. That then led me, when we went into high school, it was very difficult for me. I was, uh, I'm not tall. Uh, I don't know how tall I am, probably like five, 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 six or something like that, which not too bad. But when you're a child, I was, you know, there's always that one kid with the the backpack that's bigger than them when they go to high school. I was that yeah. kid. Um, and yeah. suddenly you go from being in year six in primary school and you've just about got confident and got comfortable uh, because you're one of the oldest in the whole school. You then get thrown into mm. high school where I was just tiny and I felt like a child around all these adults and I was very, very scared and very uh, anxious, and it led me to very quickly finding comfort in food. Uh, I remember I used mm -hmm. to eat, like, the rubbish I used to eat at lunch, and then I'd come home and put on a baggy T-shirt and just sit on the sofa, and I would have three or four bags of crisps lined up and, uh, like, chopped dips and just everything. I used to eat my way through it, and I'd put on more and more weight, um, and was becoming more and more unhappy about myself and how I looked. Got the nickname Chunky at school. I was quite mm. overweight. Um, so I would never really take my top off at, like on holidays with the family around the pool or stuff up PE. would get really anxious about having to take my top off to get changed because I, I wasn't in good shape and it affected me like it does for everyone really at that age. It's a, you're a very impressionable age and you're sort of trying to make a name for yourself or find out who you are and look around and everyone seemed in good shape and I was just out of shape so found comfort in food. If, if, if I can pause you there as well because you know this is something which may resonate with a lot of our listeners out there and it's something I recognize as well when I was in my teens and you see a lot of snacks and I was you know very scared to take my top off when doing PE or getting changed in front of the other lads and stuff. If we fast forward to the future where we get a lot of online social media where there's a lot of comparisons, you know, where people have fit bods and Instagram models and influencers and all of that, back then it wasn't so much that. But what do you think caused those anxieties of feeling unfit and what do you think we were like comparing ourselves to? Like was it movies or just what people said or what was that world like for you? And I think looking back, if I was probably, when I was, uh, starting out in high school, it probably was about 1996, 97. So, I mean, God knows what I'd be like now with, I feel for the kids growing up with social media to compare themselves to. Back then, it's more like I don't look like the other kids or like uh, you've not got the same bag or same shit. It's, it's, so it's quite minor, but even then it feels like a big thing. So nowadays, people talk about what mental health is on the decline and it's not really a surprise because if I had that back then social media where you're looking and comparing yourself to everyone and it's only mm. everyone's fake life as well it it would have a really negative effect so looking back I I felt a bit inadequate in everything I didn't feel like I was noticed we all want to be noticed everyone wants to be noticed whether you're a performer or not you all want to feel as if your life matters and you've made a bit of an impact and I really didn't I felt 
just like a nothing, not good at anything in particular, um, and certainly not confident and not popular at school. And it just led me to bad habits, eating more, becoming more and more unfit, more and more unhealthy. And year six, seven, eight, nine, ten, right up to probably about year 11, I think it was probably about five years. So from about 11, age 11 to about 16, putting on more and more weight and becoming more and more unhappy with who I was. Um, and I think it was around about the time my GCSEs, I decided to start losing weight. But then it sort of went down a different path of my anxiety had a, a different, took a different direction and it started to manifest itself in panic attacks. And that's, I think, because whilst the, that age where I was putting on all the weight, I wasn't happy. I was very miserable. I didn't sort of get any attention or get noticed. It was when I started to actually lose the weight that I cared more about what people thought of me. Because hmm. the first time I sort of like was a bit body body conscious, whereas before that it was more focused on my body image. Before that it was a bit more like, oh, well, whatever, I'm just the out of shape kid. When I started to care and want a bit of attention... I started to go the other way and care too much about what people thought. And that led me down the route of having panic attacks. And uh, mm. that I had my first one when I was 17. Um, and I think looking back, it was probably about seven years of my life that I, panic attacks completely controlled me and everything I did. Mm. So I'm happy to talk about them if you'd like me to. Yeah, please. Like I'd say... Um... For somebody like myself, that's um, like again, we're always open on this show. I've I've suffered with anxiety and you know issues with my mental health as well. But for the unknowing person, what how would you describe what an anxiety attack feels like? Because some people may say, well, is it just because you're scared or you know like you worry about something? But for you, what did it feel like going through like an anxiety attack? Well, firstly, I think it's really important. I don't want to put out a toxic message, but I want to be real and speak honestly. And I have to say that nowadays, I worry that it's gone so far the other way, celebrating the it's okay not to be okay and mental health and everything like that. I worry that it's actually become celebrated to have those things. You're so brave. It's like a badge of honor. And often what you're experiencing is nerves you're scared and all of these things are not anxiety or not it's not a sign of bad mental health it's a sign that you're a human so i do worry that that's going to get too easily labeled but that's not saying you don't have it if you genuinely do so what is the difference for me the difference is when you feel a bit nervous okay it's like oh butterflies in my stomach or whatever an anxiety attack a panic attack you pretty much think you're going to die it feels like a heart attack. My first ever one was sat in a psychology lesson. I was in sit form, watching the telly. They had a program on uh, about somebody who hit their head in the kitchen and then lost their memory and couldn't remember anything for more than three seconds. So he'd walk around and introduce himself and then he'd see the same person and introduce himself again every three seconds. And I started to overthink that like an idiot mm. and started thinking, my, that is so easy that could easily happen to anyone my mum is at home now that could happen to her like she might have bumped her head in the kitchen I started to overthink it 
and become really lightheaded, like, what's going on, like, you're going to faint, all the colour drained from me, um, but boiling hot, dripping with sweat, shaking, my heart was beating out my chest, I could hear it, I was like, I need to put my head on the desk, or get out, or I'm going to pass out, and I think the lesson mm. probably just about finished in time for me to not pass out, but then I walked home, in a complete daze, didn't think it was a panic attack because I'd never had one before. So I didn't really know what that was. I just thought, like, well, that was horrible. Not an issue at that point because although it was stupid of me to overthink it in that detail, uh, what I, the, the things that brought on those feelings, losing your memory, like just by hitting your head, is quite a rational thing. That's something that would be scary mm. for everyone. It became a problem the next day because I sat in an assembly hall in the middle of four or 500 people, which I've done probably every day for the last five years and it not been an issue. But because I had that experience the day before, I found myself thinking, well, don't have those feelings now. And then I brought on exactly the same feelings that I had in psychology. But this one was not about anything rational. This was the fear of those feelings. And from then on, for about seven years, it snowballed. It got worse and worse and worse every day. At times, 20 panic attacks a day, just not leaving the house because it was just too easy to stay inside and too scary to leave. I didn't want those feelings. So it it everything was an issue. And I'm not talking about big things like standing up and giving lectures or stuff like that. I'm talking I wouldn't want to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I wouldn't be able to do this if you would have asked me at that time, because I wouldn't mm. be engaged and listening and think I'd be thinking there'd just be that little voice in my head constantly going, don't have a panic attack, don't it? And you'd, I'd bring it on myself. And it really took mm. over my life for seven years. And I think the first two or three years, I told no one. I was so embarrassed. I just made excuses to get out of stuff. And then what I did wrong, which I think is what a lot of people fall into the trap of now, because a lot of people do talk about it now, like I didn't in the first two years. You need to op you need to acknowledge those feelings and talk to the right people. But what I did wrong was I allowed those feelings to become who I was, and I indulged in them. They gave me excuses for being out of, to get out of uncomfortable situations because who wants to be in an uncomfortable situation? I have an excuse. I have panic attacks, and it became a thing for seven years. So it was only after about seven years, when I was about 24, I was so worn out, I mm. realised not reaching my potential, not living the life I want to live, I was like, I need to beat this now, I no longer want any sympathy, attention, I no longer want any excuses for getting out of things, I just don't want to have them anymore. And that's when I started to turn them around, and... That was, if that was when I was about 24, that was about 13 years ago. You don't just click your fingers and sort it out overnight. If it was that easy, we'd all do it. It's a work in progress and it took a long time, but it only takes a second to change your life. And that is the second you decide, no more, I'm going to change because what I've been up until now has not been working for me. And then that's the start of getting the wheels in motion so by the sounds of that and like you'd gone through quite a traumatic time on you know on a personal basis where 
going to this psychology lesson, watching this video and having this thing play out in front of you. And then to your point, you kind of read into it, overanalyzed it. Um, and it kind of affected you thereafter where, you know, you would always have this voice in your head asking yourself not to, you know, not to go nuts or not to have a, a meltdown with this anxiety. And it's something like you said, it built up over seven years to a point where you said to yourself, all right, enough is enough. And, you know, what you've mentioned with mental health, which is a very big topic for myself and for our listeners and watchers, and we've had people on the show before as well discuss it. But you said a very interesting piece there where, you know, it can kind of be celebrated or, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Um, but sometimes with young people, uh, where they're trying to marshal their thoughts, they're trying to make sense of a world which is moving at a super high pace with expectations of how to be and who to be and all of this. For a young Ant Nyman that was going through that sort of stuff, what sort of support was there for you, you know, that helped you get to that point where you're thinking, you know what, I'm, I'm enough of this, I need to kind of do a bit of a change? What was what support was available to you then, and how did you make sense of all of this stuff that was going on in your mind? The support I did get, I got counselling, I got hypnotherapy, I was put on antidepressants, I did not have my family, friends, and if I'm honest, all of those things might help. It might be a placebo effect. If you think this is helping me, then it's certainly a good idea. You certainly do not keep it to yourself. You need to open up to the right people, mm. and if that's a professional, then that's great. But I, having been through that myself and got in control of it myself, I think the, by far the most powerful thing is you have it in you, yourself. You are the only person who can do it for yourself. And I think yep. the key thing, because I don't want anyone who's struggling to think, uh, reading, um, sorry, listening to this and actually struggling themselves to think, well, and says, you just, you can't open up, you can't talk about it because you're just a bit nervous. I'm not saying that at all. Mm. For one, you understand the difference between having human emotions and two, when it's a big problem, it's taken over your life. So understanding the difference between those. And I think the massive thing is the difference between acknowledging your emotions and indulging in your emotions. And that's huge. You're allowed to have all mm. sorts of emotions. You're a human and you would be a robot and it would be no fun if you didn't have that. That's what separates humans. So you're allowed to feel whatever you feel, but how you process those with your thoughts, how you process your emotions, you are in control of. And that's mm. where it comes down to you to think, are these thoughts that I'm having, that I'm allowing myself to have, benefiting me or holding me back? And all the time they are, you, your thoughts are, this is terrible, why me? I don't deserve this. And thinking other people are going to give you sympathy, you're not going to beat it. I spent seven years trying not to have it, half-heartedly, running away from it, staying comfortable, so not putting myself in uncomfortable situations. And the second, everything was geared towards don't feel those things. Because I'm a human, you're going to feel those mm. things. It's impossible not to get a little hot sometimes, a little out of breath sometimes, a little bit sweaty, a little bit lightheaded sometimes. It's impossible, especially when something's quite 
new and uncomfortable to you. And that can be walking into a pub by yourself. It's an uncomfortable situation. You don't know what to expect. And that makes you feel uncomfortable. So you're going to feel those things. So all the time I was trying not to feel them, you've got absolutely no chance because you're going to feel them. So if I was so scared to feel them and then the second I feel them, they grow. It's like, oh my God, it's happening. You, you've got mm. no chance. For me, I beat it when I no longer tried not to feel them. It sounds stupid, but I was like, do you know what? If you feel these anxious feelings that are making you feel sick, dizzy, like you're going to faint and dripping with sweat, if you feel them, cool, bring it on. Because I've had them for the last seven years and not one of them has killed me and no one really cares anyway. Mm. So understanding that nobody really cares that much. Everyone's in their own head worrying about their own trouble. So get rid of the belief that I had and that you will have if you have these that you're going to look stupid and feel stupid and be embarrassed. No one cares. You can uh, literally, you can have one right in front of someone. You can faint and within five minutes, they would have forgotten it. They're too worried about what's going on in their head. I promise you. So take that pressure off of yourself to not feel feel it. Don't celebrate it because you don't want to feel it, but accept it. Go, ugh, here we go. Here comes those feelings. Let's see what happens. And also, what normally changes is when we feel a certain way, be it excited, happy, or completely the other way, scared, nervous, we normally change our body language, our facial expressions, our breathing. So we start to hyperventilate and breathe faster. Our shoulders normally come forward. Maybe our head goes down a little bit and we tighten up, like start frowning. And everything is screaming to your mind, I feel anxious. If you flip it the other way and you're like, right, regardless of what I'm actually feeling, I'm going to focus on my body language is relaxed. My shoulders are back. Mm. I'm not going to frown. I'm going to keep a smile on my face and I'm going to consciously focus on keeping my breathing the same, even though I feel different. You've ins- you can te- teach yourself and train yourself to instruct your mind how to feel rather than feeling it and in- it instructing and being in control of you. you can- you're like, right, I don't want to feel this, but I do, but I'm going to focus on the stuff I can. So I'm going to consciously relax my muscles, my body language, my shoulders back, my posture. I'm going to put that smile on my face even though it feels stupid. It's very difficult, almost impossible to be sad yeah. when you're smiling. As hard as it is, yeah. if you've got a smile on your face, if you've got a big stupid smile on your face now, even if you are feeling sad originally, it don't take long before you're like, all right, I better, I feel a bit better because you're smiling. Yeah. Your body will react to that. So you do it that way round. Don't change your breathing to mimic uh, how you're feeling. Concentrate on your breathing, and then how you're actually feeling will will follow and will become more relaxed. So very difficult. If you're genuinely struggling yeah. with them, it's horrible. But I don't want to give you too much sympathy, and that's not because I'm horrible or lack empathy. It's because I don't think it will help you. Really, what I want is you to not have them. And the best way to do that is to realize you're not going to get sympathy from it. No one's going to care. You're the only Mm. one that's going to lose out. So 
Take your deep breaths. Get your body language, your posture right. Breathe through it and beat it. And if it really takes hold and gets control of you on a certain occasion, you go, okay, you won that mm. one. I'll go again the next day. Oh, it's fine. Rather than dwell on it and be like, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm a failure. I'm a freak. Why is this happening to me? No, you're not. You're human. It's cool. Yeah. Stop expecting to be perfect. Take the pressure off yourself. Yeah, you, you, you're very right. And, and I think for our listeners and watchers, Anne has really helped me on a personal level of gaining self-control. And I think what I've learned from you, Anne, is, you know, my emotions don't run me. I run my emotions. And it's totally fine to feel scared. It's totally fine to be put in difficult situations and see, you know, if you're going to sink or swim. Um, and the whole smiling element of it as well, where, you know, you have told me when I've told you personal things, it could be worse. You know, this could have happened, but look where you are, look where you're standing. And I think for our listeners and watchers who, you know, are relatively new to sales, you're going to be meeting people for the first time. You're going to be going into a new job and a new company. You're going to be in front of customers for the first time. And all of these fears and anxieties are going to come up. And to Anne's point, you know, it's normal to feel this, but you have this power of control of your mind of how you perceive things, you know? So meeting a team member for the first time and trying something, yeah, you might fail. You may not make it 100% perfect, but that's what Ant has taught me where, you know, it's uh, I'm imperfectly perfect. It's good to have those things which aren't 100% because many a time where I've tried to do your fitness regimes and your classes and I used to get angry at myself because it, I didn't do it perfectly or I didn't prefer, per, perform it in perfect form and you would be like, you're kind of beating yourself up, dude. It doesn't have to be. This is something that happens over time. You build it, you learn from it and grow from there. So I hope, you know, with our listeners that are coming into this industry for the first time, don't beat yourself up. You know, it's totally normal. And breathe. Breathing is one of the best things. And as Ant knows, we did a breathing exercise before we came on here. And you've always noticed with body, and this is something I've noticed as a sales manager, like it's the body language of my reps. When they first come into that room, they're, they're, the shoulders are hunched over, they're sitting there quite scared and they're not they're thinking their head's going to get bitten off and i'm like ah chill relax calm down like don't beat yourself up too much mm. but coming back to your point and where you know for these seven years you'd gone through these struggles and then you reached this age seven years later where you thought all right enough's enough i'm going to take control of my life and these emotions something magical happened and can you walk us through what happened at that point sir um well, one of, like I say, one of the pacts that I make with myself is that we no longer run from it, we run to it. And mm. just to give you a little example of what I mean by that, I was I said to my girlfriend the other day, I've been feeling a bit anxious for the last month. I've not said anything to anyone, but I've been aware mm. of it. So what I did, I actually put a call out. I, I often get asked now to go into assembly, uh, to high schools to give assemblies for four or 500 people. And it's cool. I'm happy to do that. Uh, I've been feeling a little bit anxious for no apparent reason uh, for the last month. So what I've done, no one would know that. You wouldn't know it if you'd come to my ANZITS classes. you see the same M. Mm. But I mm. actually put a call out. I said, does anyone want me to come to the high school to give an assembly? Because um, I didn't tell them the reason. Because I give assemblies on the sort of stuff I've spoken about so far. Mental health and mm. overcoming it and growing a business. But what I'm actually doing... I was doing it for my sake. It was, mm. I need to not let that anxiety grow, but face it and put myself in a really uncomfortable position because it's the most liberate. Fear is crippling. And 
facing it is the most liberating thing. So for me to mm. run into it and say, right, I'm going to go and do another assembly for four or 500 people. I will immediately get rid of all those anxious feelings after within the first five seconds of talking um, and come out of it being like, oh, okay, you took control back. So yeah, I think it didn't happen overnight, but I no longer um, ran away from it. I no longer feared the feelings. I mm-hmm. acknowledged them still, but the difference was how I saw them. And I was like, okay, you, you're going to feel them sometimes, but, when someone asks you to do something, you go, yes. Whereas mm-hmm. before you were on no, you go, yes. And, 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 yeah. and it's like interesting if you, if you interview that. an athlete who's about to run yeah. in the Olympics and he's on the starting blocks and you ask them how they're feeling, they will say their heart is beating fast and they are <laughs> they get palpitations and they are, there's adrenaline and it making them feel exactly the same way that I felt in psychology. And when you're having these, panic attacks but if you say and how do you see it make you feel they'd go excited and buzzing same as a footballer mm. before they go and take to the field in front of millions of people they'd be they'd feel those things but they will go i'm excited or someone getting on stage to do anything they'll go excited so mm. the difference between a confident person or someone that is low in confidence and struggling with anxiety or with their self-esteem is not the difference in emotions. It's the difference in the perception of the emotions. And that's the thing that if you can really get into going into interviews or meetings and stuff like that and be like, I feel this, but that's not Mm. because I'm going to fail. That's because it's important to me. That's a sign to go, right, let's go. And yeah, embrace those feelings, definitely. So I started doing that. I said yes to everything. I put myself in uncomfortable positions. I was saying yes to things I didn't even want to do, but I knew they was just going to make <laughs> me feel uncomfortable because it was a personal growth yeah. thing. It's, it's very interesting you say that because I think during lockdown, I read something, and again, I'm not um, a mental health expert or a psychiatrist by any stretch, but what I've learned is there's this thing called shock therapy, And shock therapy may relate to people that have been through trauma of, you know, death, terrorism or, you know, traumatic things that are happening in life. And I've had a lot of trauma in my life. And as you know, right. Um, But this shock therapy goes along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing here, that by facing things that would normally scare the hell out of you, it helps you overcome those fears and anxieties. So again, for our listeners and watchers, if you're scared to run a meeting with a prospect on a first sales interaction, jumping in and doing that sales meeting is one way to overcome it and I remember when I came to Ant's classes I had no idea what the hell I was doing I was in a room full of people that I'd never met and this guy in this PT uniform like telling us to do these certain moves I said you know what just go for it and do it and Ant you've helped me a lot of times of facing a lot of fears but it's interesting to know that you know uh, unbeknownst to me that you was feeling this anxiety and the way that you handled that was by putting yourself in the firing line of being in front of five to 600 students in a high school to give a talk. And that helped dissipate some of those anxieties. That's do you, have you, have you had any other sort of examples where you've done things like that to kind of, you know, reduce those anxieties? Um, all I can say is that every so often now at antics, I, if I stand up too fast, I get lightheaded mm. and, um, I have to take a second. I'm like, and it's just in that moment when you feel it when if you're 
not in control of your thought patterns and you allow that to take hold, that grows into a, a huge thing and a panic attack. As it is, mm. if I'm in the middle of antics and I get lightheaded, I will laugh through it. I'll smug. Like, I will go completely the opposite way with a big smile. And like, I literally hear myself in my head go, absolutely not. No, you are mm. not fucking this up for me. Yeah, okay? yeah. So, like, I push it away. I get exactly the same feelings every day. So when I say beat and panic attacks or whatever, you don't ever stop having them. I have exactly the same emotions every day. I'm in control of mm. them because when they come up, I go, no, you don't. Thank you very much. You're not helpful. <laughs> so go away. Yeah. And I have that probably on a daily basis. I was at my mate's wedding two weeks ago. That's a thing for me, sitting in a room. I think it was about 100, 150 guests, but... Leading up to it, I was thinking that's the sort of thing that would have caused a real panic attack because it's that claustrophobic, you cannot get out. And that mm. normally is what really leads to one of them coming because I sit there thinking about it and going, don't have one, don't have one. And it nearly always becomes a thing. So um was definitely worried about that going into it, but was just very aware that, right, it's in your head. Um I remember a couple of days before just playing with my palm and thinking, right, if you are struggling, like, I'm here. I was somewhere really comfortable. I think I was on mm. my bed, just chilling on my bed. I was just playing like that with palm my hand, just doing that. I was like, right, if you start struggling at that wedding, look at your palm and do that and take yourself back, transport yourself mentally to where you mm. were right now on the bed. A happy place, a calm place, because there is no difference. Mm. The difference is you've allowed this to become a thing in your head. So I decided if I was going to struggle, I was going to look down there. I was going to get in my zone and be like, no, you know what's happening. You concentrate on your breathing, whatever. As it was at the wedding, I didn't need it. I felt fine, which is great. It probably every so often comes into your head, but again... The minute it's there, it's like, nope. And you consciously don't think about it. You think about something else. Because the minute you think about something, mm. it grows. And, um, yeah, I, consciously thinking about being present, watching the ceremony and stuff like that, rather than just being there, just fighting this battle, don't have this, don't have this, yeah. don't think about this. Yeah. No chance. So, yeah. Yeah, I fight it every, probably every day without even realising. Um, but it's mm. less and less. And there might now be two panic attacks a year. Um, and if I have them, I, unlike when I used to have them, I wouldn't beat, my, I'd beat myself up, be like, you, you're a failure. What, what are you like? You're, you're an idiot. Mm. Now, if I have them, I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ. And, forget it with it as soon as it's done right that was annoying um yeah. and that had that and that, that's te- like by the sounds of it it's taken a lot of internal strength it's a lot of how you talk to yourself it's recognizing when those things happen and being able to come compartmentalize okay what is this feeling that's coming about 
and not dwelling on it so much. Again, it's normal to have dark thoughts. I have dark thoughts on a weekly basis, as you know, and, and I'll share those with you as well. But it's not allowing yourself to be consumed by that dark thought and thinking, do you know what? It's just a thought. It's not reality. And one of the worst places that you can have arguments or thoughts is in your own mind. You can become into this prism of your thoughts and how, you know, if you keep thinking things to a certain extent, then those things will manifest and materialize into your life. I've learned from you that, you know, if you think poorly about your health uh, or the way that you look, you will eat crap food. If you eat crap food, that will lead you on to maybe drinking too much. If you're drinking too much, you may be partying too much. If you're partying too much, you won't sleep that well. If you don't sleep that well, you'll be in a bad mood. If you'll be in a bad mood, that will then trickle into the relationships with your friends, family and your partner. And that will consume you based on that initial thought. So, you know, it's ta- I'm very glad that you've shared that and been open with us. So thank you so much for that. Um, and hopefully that gives something for our listeners to watch. Just as, uh, you know, watch your thinking. It's normal to have these sort of thoughts, but make sure that they don't consume you. And again, reaching out to people, asking for help, speaking to friends and family, professionals, whatever works for you, do so. And I think it's very important because, you know, during lockdown and everything, and again, we can go into this a little bit later. Um, you were giving a lot of inspirational talks when things are very dark and unknown and there was a lot of uncertain times. Um, and you know what? I remember being on Facebook and being bored out of my nuts at home and just watching your live Facebook feeds to get some sort of sanity back into my life or have that bit, that, that inner voice. You know, you provide that inner voice for yourself, but you provide it for thousands of other people out there and I'm very you know grateful for that as well and but coming back to this antics thing and I do want to let the audience know of like how did I get into antics and how did I find you I want to share that story but could you give us a bit of understanding as to you know how did this antics thing come about and yeah so uh left school not knowing what I wanted to do but that was like at the height of the panic so didn't really want to do anything so went and did a graphic design degree which for me felt just about the least uh scary um Mm. just felt a bit more like it'd be like school it was close to my home so I still lived at home so went and did a graphic design degree did that for four years a foundation and three years there um didn't wasn't particularly interested in graphics absolutely winged it I uh, don't know how I got away with the degree. I used to go in, <laughs> sign in, come home, watch Jeremy Carl. Fine. Got through it. Yeah. <laughs> but got my degree, left there, 21. Again, mid, right, bang in the middle of my panic attacks. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, went and worked at my local gym, David Lloyd. And that was uh, working for kids' classes two hours Mm. a day three hours a day and my reasoning for that because i had no real interest in working with kids but my reasoning was if i have panic attacks kids won't notice like Mm. they won't know and it's so i took the pressure off me that's why i took that route uh and it was true it's hard to have panic attack when you run up three or four year olds they don't understand what's going on so it just took the pressure off me so i didn't really have them after a couple of years of doing that about 23 24 like you are not making any money it's probably making about seven pound an hour and working about two or three hours a day doing something very uninspiring for me um a lot of the parents were like you're amazing with the kids and it's like amazing Mm. and then so then toyed with the idea of being a primary school teacher 
went for a, an interview to do a PGCE, which is a year course to be a primary school teacher. Didn't feel right at all when I went to the open day, but tried to convince myself it was right because I'm so good with kids. Uh, mm. Went for the interview and thankfully didn't get in. Um, mm. Don't know why, because I'd worked with kids. I was a male, which I think they were crying out for at primary schools. Um, yeah. So I must have really fucked up that interview. I don't know what I did. Maybe it was being full of tattoos, but... Um, <laughs> didn't get in at the time felt like rejection felt like failure and felt very low like what are you actually going to do for a career you're 30, 24 you earn about 16 pound a day doing something you don't like um and it inadvertently led me to rethink a little bit i was like right what would i like to do every single day if it's not really about the money and I'd been training, I'd got into training. I said I started to lose weight, I was about 16, around my GCSEs. When I said mm. the panic attack started, because I actually started to take a bit more care in how I looked. But I'd been training from about 16 or 17 for the last seven or so years. Um, and doing it every single day in mum and dad's bedroom, just with a little Argos set, dumbbells, barbell. Started to pay more, yeah. more attention to my eating. I actually got in yeah. decent shape. Um, I think trained for the first time in a gym when I was about 22 or something like that. Um, so when I was doing the kids' classes. but So for about six or seven years, I've been changing my body through exercise and healthy eating. And it got me to a point where actually for the first time in my life, I did feel good about myself. I would get compliments mm. about my physique, which was a very far cry from what I had had been all through high school. So that felt good. And went to the gym, David Lloyd, where I was working, doing the kids' classes. Is there any way I could have like do any shadow work or anything just on the gym floor? They were like, yeah, you can. So did that. They then put me through my qualifications. Uh, mm. About a year, I think, to get qualified. And all that time I was shadowing i think my first gym shift was on the day it was something like july or june june 2010 um and i had to they asked me if i wanted to cover because no one on the gym wanted to work because england were playing usa in the world cup i'm a big football fan but i was like yes yes i'll do it and i covered and i think there was one person in the gym um because everyone was watching the football but I loved it. I spent hours with that person. Um, and immediately it was like, uh, wow, this is what I should be doing. It didn't feel, mm. I weren't clock watching. I couldn't spend enough time with that person. I was just trying to show them all my knowledge of the last seven years, showing them little training like exercises that they'd never done before or tempos or techniques that could really change them and watching them like oh wow I really feel that and for the first time like I'm a bit worthy I am actually really helping this person and uh, very quickly just grew in confidence I was being put on gym floor hours like half five in the morning which meant getting up at half four and I'd often work through to that half one and then I'd have to 
uh, training was so important to me. So I'd train straight after and then I'd do the kids classes. And then when I became a PT as well, because at, at that gym, you couldn't be a PT and a gym floor instructor, you, you could PT, but not mm -hmm. on shift. So I then got qualified as a PT, which is level three, gym instructor level two, mm. and started doing PT after. So with then PT maybe four till 10 at night. So I was often working at half five in the morning till 10 at night, six or seven pound an hour for the gym floors, getting paid hardly anything. I was permanently exhausted, but yet loved it. The happiest I've ever been. Mm. Um, and as time's gone on, I've gone through stages of, right, how can I now uh, do what I like doing, but not exhaust myself? So basically reach yeah. more people in less time. Um, and that's just went through the stages. At first, it became becoming a full-time personal trainer at David Lloyd. So dropping the gym floor hours and just becoming mm. a personal trainer. So no more mopping the treadmills on stuff like that, but actually mm. doing the, the PT inside of it. Enjoyed it. Again, tiring. If you're doing even eight hours a day, because I got full up quite quickly. I got a reputation as being the trainer to go to because I get mm. results because I, I really care about it. I take it personally. Um, and got to a point where I maybe had like eight clients a day. You can't really go anywhere from there. You can't just keep mm. on taking more and more clients. There's only so many hours in the day and I was exhausted. Eight hours of talking and giving out that energy was exhausting. Mm. So I'd come home, there's nothing in me. So how are you going to earn more money mm. in the same amount or less time? So the transition then had to be, I'm going to go freelance and be brave because the manager at the time told me, I wouldn't go freelance. Not many people make it freelance. It's the worst thing you can mm -hmm. say to me if you don't want me to do something because <laughs> I will do it or it. die trying that's the two yeah. options. I'm going to die or I'm going to do it. Like there wasn't an option I had to, you, you can't tell me that. So I went freelance and pushed the hell out of it. Most of my clients came with me, but uh, some didn't. Some just wanted to stay at the gym, which was cool. Again, might have suddenly earned three times as much because all the money was mine as opposed to having to give some of it to date or a lot of it to David Lloyd but I was still working yeah. just as much and still tired. So again, it became, how are we now going to earn more money in less time? And that's when classes came in. I was doing classes at the at the gym. I covered, it, 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 going back to, you're going to feel nervous doing something for the first time. When I was first asked to cover yep. someone's class, someone called Russ, who had a good following, it would get about 10 to 15 people in his class and they loved him. He couldn't make a class one week. So he's like, do you want to cover it? And yeah, brilliant. And you walk in and they're all looking at you like, you're not the normal bloke. And you just <laughs> take a deep breath and you're like, own it. I might not, mm. it'll be different, but it will be fucking good because I backed myself. Yeah. And it was really good. Like they enjoyed it. You ask for feedback and you know what happens. Some people, when you ask for feedback, take that as their opportunity to get a bit of control and, want to say well Ross does it yeah cool but generally people loved it the gym wanted to keep me on doing those classes instead so I did and 
I um they grew to we were getting like 30 or 40 people to the classes which it was quite a small sports hall you couldn't have got more people in there many of them said they were only coming to the class to only had their membership at the gym because of these classes they were bringing people bringing guests because you've got to experience ants classes it was like oh wow that feels good I have a reputation and then I went and did those classes outside which originally caused a bit of a problem we won't go into it but I didn't have a contract which stipulated that I couldn't so I didn't really do anything wrong but they didn't <laughs> see it that way and that's the point yeah. where they tried to make me stop doing them outside but again that's the point where you back yourself and go right it's not going to be easy but I am good enough I proved it I am the asset so I went freelance mm-hmm. did them by myself first class I ever did outside freelance we had 30 people which was brilliant next week raining i thought no one's gonna come but 19 turned up i was like that's good because in my head you, you're putting yourself out there you're thinking yeah i might be stood here by myself no one might come it's very realistic a lot of classes have that no one turns up and it's like uh but i had spent three years building a reputation and helping a lot of people then we mm. had 19 the week after and then it grew i think to 33 37th and then it got up into the we put on a Thursday class as well as a Saturdays and we had 54 turn up I kept those Monday uh, Saturdays and Thursdays for the first six months and then we went into the new year because I started in the summer we went into the new year just before the summer I started and there was a big hit and suddenly there was like 55 people in class I was like oh wow which I thought was amazing grew 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 to the point where just before the pandemic hit we were averaging had three classes a week saturdays mondays thursdays and our average number was 170 in class our record was 254 so we were getting about 170 to each of the three classes so it it grew massively and uh yeah if you can see the best part of 500 people in three hours then obviously that's helping a lot more people and it's saving a lot more of my energy. And don't get me wrong, that's not three hours of work for me. It takes a lot yeah. of work to make something look easy. But yeah, I'm willing to do that work because I do it in my own time. I do it on my schedule and I enjoy it. Um, but so I can really focus on those three classes and make sure all of I'm at my best. My battery is charged fully to go into all of those three classes and then the breakaway stuff that I've got from that allows me to help people that aren't able to come to classes so obviously we've got the nutrition plans which started in 2015 transformantics plans and I think at last count it was 14 countries people from 14 countries on those plans and generally speaking get a couple of hundred sign up for those every year um so yeah I've been we've been doing that and uh during the pandemic we launched antics flex or just after the pandemic antics flex as well which is basically so that people can get the antics experience from their own home for hardly anything 9.99 a month a subscription service and me working out doing the antics style workouts but at flex fm with dj solly djing so you got the. it's very important to me that i want to astound my customers i want to give them more than they expect from a nutrition plan from an 
an exercise class from an online workout. I don't want to fit in with everyone else. I want to be different and mm. um, not compete. I want to be different to everyone. I'm not going to say we're better. That but I think we're great, but I think the minute you say my pro- product is the best, it's quite arrogant. We're different, mm. and I'm so proud of the products that we've got. And um, I think all three of them, the Antics classes, the Transform Antics plans, the Antics flex, they are all things that if I did not own them myself, I would go to Antics classes. I would buy a plan because I'm on a plan myself. I didn't charge myself for it. But um, I would subscribe to Antics Flex. So they are, yeah. if yeah, if there was anything that I was like, I wouldn't have that myself, I can't really believe in my product. So yeah, yeah making sure you do it for the right reasons like I did is the reason I've been able to sustain Antics for nearly 10 years now and be in this fitness industry for over 12 years. Absolutely love that. That is a very, very inspirational story. And it's kind of one of the reasons, um, listeners and watchers, that I've brought in to Ant. And and another reason why I wanted to bring this person onto our show today, because, you know, to kind of interject as to, you know, my personal experience with Ant and how did I come across this guy when I was going through a phase in my life. So, you know, somebody who's a company owner building something from scratch, I'm seeing yourself, Ant, where, you know, you were not in a strong position mentally at a certain point in your life. You kind of said, right, need to do something about this. You were caring about your body. You were working out. You started working at your local David Lloyd's. You were helping out. You were realizing you wasn't earning as much as you could be earning and you was feeling knackered. Then you take this opportunity to cover a class when the England game's going on. You realize that was your passion for coaching and training. You wasn't clock watching. Um, and then this, you know, grew into more sessions helping other people becoming a PT becoming qualified and then realizing do you know what I might go this freelance route but the world telling you nah you don't really want to do that because it's quite risky this is something I exactly went through myself where I was working for a business I wanted to help more people but I was told I shouldn't be helping them then I wanted to launch my own freelancing of helping sales people get into sales and training them from the early days then you know bucking the trend and it did work out But to kind of interject as to where I met this lovely gentleman, if we go back to 2018, I was going through a very traumatic experience in my life where there was a relationship breakdown where I at one point didn't have access to my son. I'd lost my home, my car, everything. And I literally had to rebuild my life. And only one of the only things that ever kept me sane that's been keeping me sane since age 16 was going to the gym. That was the only place I could ever, you know, let out my frustrations hide from the world if that made sense and work on myself and you know try to feel better about myself by working out now when I just got this home that I'm currently in right now uh, I used to go to local gyms and I'd try fitness classes but I just had this social anxiety because I'd lost a lot and I'd lost a lot of self-esteem and confidence when going through this stuff and then through my music world uh, as Matt mentioned you had this guy called DJ Solly now with DJ Solly he would always be posting stuff on his Instagram and I'd see this fitness class going on. And I went to Solly and I said to him, bro, what is this? And he just says, just come. And I was like, okay, cool. I can tell it's a fitness class, but what is it about? And he said, just come. And he said no more than that. So one day I turned up on my own, feeling very insecure, very scared, going into a school hall 
I think it was in Carl Shorten at the time. Yeah, it was uh, Carl Shorten High School for Girls. And I walked into this room and I see yourself, man. And I see this guy, like, wearing his, you know, gym outfit, like, vest, shorts, and then seeing this mascara on his face and, like, his hair swept back and beard. Dude looked good. And I felt very intimidated. And I was a very big lad back then and when I first met you. And the thing that you did for me was you just came up to me and said, my name's Anne, this is Antics, welcome. And you said, literally, just go at your own pace. We're going to do a couple of moves. You're probably not going to get it but just have fun uh, and everybody has different, you know, abilities and fitness levels, but don't push yourself too hard and don't be worried. And just that first comfort, I was like, all right, dude's cool. You know, I like him already. And then we did the class and then we came to the end of the class and you came up to me and said, so what do you think? And I was like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing, Anne, uh, but it was fun and I enjoyed it. And the question was, do you think you'll come back? And I said, I don't know, I'll think about it. But truth be told, I came back. You know, I went to another class. I really enjoyed it. It was something new. It was something different. It took uh, my mind off the troubles of the world that I was dealing with. And the more classes I attended, ladies and gents, the more time I had with Ant, who had this strong character about him, you know, had this positivity just bursting at the seams. And then I told him about the problems that I was going through. And you provided me this Transformantics plan, which is basically a nutritional plan alongside a fitness regime, which incorporated the fitness classes that I went to with Ant. Um, and within five months, I remember losing around 15 to 20 kilos, looking like the best version of myself. And for the first time in years, confident, secure and happy. Now, I wouldn't just put it down to just the eating and just doing the fitness. It was being around a social circle of about 130 to 200 people a week, listening to music, understanding that other people had issues and problems. And you know what? For that 30 to 45 minutes in that class we were able to forget about it but one thing that Ant taught me was you know no matter what shit or troubles that you're going through come to this class imagine the floor is those people that you don't really like or causing you issues and just stamp that anger into the floor and at the end of it it would be able to give me this perspective of all right this was pissing me off this is going actually do you know what I'm able to handle this now and I'm able to do this and for the last four and a half years I've been an advocate for antics. I love Ant. I love the people that he works with. I love the people that come to those classes. And I will genuinely say hand on heart for somebody that suffered with mental health issues and which are still ongoing in my life. If it wasn't for antics, I don't know if I'd be here. Hand on heart. That is my honest truth, right? Um, and with, you know, going through the pandemic when a lot of us was lost, Ant, you provided this beacon of hope, positivity and coming out of this. The one thing that I used to sit there was being like a tech founder working for a sales company and helping other companies build subscription businesses. The one thing I remember Ant saying to you was, dude, like the love and positivity that you bring into these classes, it'd be wicked if you could go online and you could provide it to thousands, if not other people, maybe put it on a subscription. And I remember the early days, Ant, you said to me, uh, I don't know, I like keeping antics, this intimate thing where people come to these classes, I want to build one of the greatest classes in Surrey. And then I remember when it was in the pandemic, I think it was either before or just during, where you said you've got this new thing coming up and a bit of a fanboy moment hit me and it's like, is this the thing that I'm thinking? Is this a subscription thing he's going to do? So when you launched Antics Flex and you said, right, I'm taking this Antics Love, putting it online where people around the world can subscribe to this. I was like, boom, you've hit two of my loves, positivity in working out and putting this into a subscription. And it's all part of the Antics brand. I was like, boom, I was so happy for you. 
Uh, and at this point, I just want to kind of segue because, you know, Antics Flex is a big thing for a lot of people out there. And I'm just going to quickly share my screen so that the watchers and listeners can kind of see what I'm going on about. But this is the, you know, the Antics Flex uh, service that you can get at. So obviously you can find out more about this by visiting anticsfitness.com, antics-flex, and I'll put the links into the show notes. But you know, like where you get Antics Fat Burn, you get Sculpt, you get the mashup, and you can either subscribe for $9.99 a month or pay just under £100 for the year and get two months free. And walk us through, what is Antics Flex and why would somebody want to join up for this? Um, So it is perfect because we all live extremely busy lives and very often the thing that I think gets neglected is exercise because I just don't have the time to exercise and what people don't seem to realize a lot of people don't realize is that should be the the cornerstone that should be the center point of your day exercise and that's not because it's my thing it's not because it's my business it's not because it's of the way it makes you look if it is not just if you're happy with the way you look it's because exercise will make you feel incredible when you do something bad for you you feel shit you have an emotional hangover from it whether you've enjoyed it at the time or not whether it's that you've drunk too much smoked too much eaten some eaten shit whatever you might enjoy it very temporarily you then feel bad on the flip side when you exercise you feel incredible about yourself afterwards and then everything else in your life is better like so the rest of your day so you may think you need to focus on your relationship but what you really might not realize is that your relationship is going to be better if you are a better person in that in a better mindset and mm-hmm. that comes back to how you whether you've exercised and the same will go for how productive you are at work or running your business or being a parent or a friend or anything start with that make yourself feel great and that's why i want exercise to be something that's for everyone and because people have such busy Mm. lives that's why i think antics flex is perfect when we went into the lockdown first lockdown it was extremely frustrating from a business point of view in that i'd gone from being Antics was well known for being pretty much above everyone else. You don't see classes with those sorts of numbers. I was also, uh, I'd been like a fitness model and an ambassador for multi-power and stuff like that. So I was quite well known in the industry. We had it pretty much stripped away from us overnight. And every trainer Mm. in, in the sun, under the sun, not even trainers, had the same thing. They had Instagram or Facebook lives and were just doing live workouts or workouts in the front room jumping around and it's like we're all suddenly been put on a level playing field which is great for the people not doing well but for the people that were at the top of their game it's like if you took all the leagues out of football suddenly and you put Man City in the same league as Sutton they'd probably get back there but it's frustrating that they've spent years to get that I was in that position so I was very conscious of not doing the same as everyone else with the workouts i did live workouts Mm. facebook but i didn't want to charge for them because for one i didn't want to take advantage of people who had lost income themselves had no other option um and two how good was the product i mean it was watchable 
we used to get about five or six thousand people watch the Facebook lives and they all loved it. Oh yeah. It was watchable, but I didn't feel particularly comfortable charging for something where it's me working out in my gym at home. It's like you can go on YouTube and get that. So we came up with something I want it to be different and I don't think we've seen anything like Antics Flex. So it's basically we've recorded hundreds of workouts at Flex FM with Solly, DJ Solly DJ him. And they are short, sharp workouts. So you do them whenever you want. So you've got fat burn workouts, which are body weight stuff designed at burning about 200 calories in the 15 minute workout. You've got sculpt workouts, which are with weights. So we look to literally sculpt you up. Uh, the tempo to the music that played is different. It's slower for that one because it fits. We've done the work to work out what tempo is needed for the exercise. You've got mashup workouts, which are 20 to 25 minutes, and they are a mixture of fat burn and sculpt combined. You've got Antics PT, personal training workouts, which are 25 to 30 minute workouts, where I'm taking a client through a workout again, or with Solly DJing. Um, and at the end of that one, you get tips and advice, a bit of motivation or nutrition advice or training advice. You've got body part specific workouts. So if you just wanted a five to seven minute arms workout or legs workout or bum workout or something like that. You've also got beginners workouts and warm ups and cool downs. So you've got a big library of stuff there to keep you going. Depend And you do them whenever you want. And like I say, I mm. could have, I get a lot of people say, why don't you charge more? Like I could charge fifty pound a month for that because I don't want to. Um, mm. I, the way I see it, the same reason that I've never put the price up at Antics for the last ten years, and that is certainly not uh, the naive. I might say, well, that's because he doesn't believe in his product. It's the opposite. I think it's better than it's ever been. I've made mm. a decision that whilst everything else is going through the roof prices wise all around me and the cost of living is extortionate and you can't do anything without paying ridiculous money antics is so good for you and antics flex is so good for you i'm never going to put the price up um and i say never i really hope that's the case that really is my intention not to obviously my bills have gone up as well but my way of dealing with that is to get more people rather than put the price up for the same amount of people. I would just rather reach more people. So with Antics Flex, yeah, you get all those workouts. You do whatever ones you want, whenever you want. And you uh, have solid DJing while you go as well. So it's the music, it's the workout, it's the fun. We have a laugh with it and it makes a huge difference. And the people, I get messages every day from people that are doing their Antics Flex, people I've never met all around the country and in different countries as well saying these are amazing i feel incredible thank you so much and far more important to me than just earning more and more and more so i can drive a more expensive car not fast like reach more people help more people because when i said how it all started when i had that oh my god this feels right moment was helping that lady in the gym in when england were playing the usa her turning around and being like oh wow like you've really helped me that gave me mm. a feeling of fulfillment and happiness. Like I make it make a difference that I've never received from a certain amount of money or fame or anything like that. It's helping people. I want to help as many as I can. And I've seen the thousands of people that have got help from it. So that's why I'm so passionate about the product 
that we offer. I love it. Thank you so much. And and again, ladies and gents, you may be sitting there thinking like, Neil, like, are you sponsored by Antics Fitness? Are you trying to plug or something? And I want to say that I'm not financially affiliated in any way, shape or form, but I'm a very big firm believer in Ant and the movement that he's doing with Antics. And do you know what? With the SDR world, I've sent a lot of my friends to Ant services, like with nutritional plans and workouts on Antics Flex. So I fully believe it. And again, I'm not paid in any way, shape or form. But um, definitely go check out anticsfitness.com. Uh, you can check out Facebook Antics New and the groups and the chats everyone have. If you're looking for somebody with positivity, if you're looking for a good mindset, especially working as an SDR where you're working between 8 to 10 hours in front of your laptop and you're limited in terms of you know what you can do for fitness or hitting the gym, go check out Antics Flex. But and as we're coming into the last few minutes of the show, it's been an absolute privilege and honor to have you on today, sir if you can because i literally have to jump off after this and go in for another webinar that i've got live on linkedin in a moment but if you could succinctly give yourself three bits of advice to a younger version of yourself what would those three bits of advice be sir um three bits of advice to give my younger self i would say for one don't let your past define your future so what you've been, a lot of people just live their past, their previous experiences, because it's what they know and it's who they believe they are. You be who you want to be, not who you have been up until now. It takes a second to decide no more. I'm going to change. So don't let your past define your future. In terms of business, work, do what you would do if you weren't getting paid for it. Because if you do that, you are doing it for the right reasons and you will have longevity. And when you are tired and don't feel like it, you will still be able to put the work in because it's your passion. It's ignites the fire in your belly. So don't go chasing the money that comes just like don't exercise for the body that comes Do it mm. for the right reasons. You exercise and eat well because of the health you do the business side of it you do it for the right reasons because you're passionate about it so do what you do if you weren't getting paid for it um and the other thing i think if the one other thing be your own biggest critic but your own biggest fan if you're trying your hardest genuinely trying your hardest and you're kind then you can be proud of yourself you're not going to be the finished product. You don't have to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfect. You're not. There's always going to be people better than you in what, certain areas. But you are the asset. You have so much to offer. So if there's things that you can work on to improve yourself, then you do it. And it, along the way, you constantly take ownership, be accountable and be like, you know what? I'm proud of how far I've come because I keep learning, I keep growing. So I think they're probably the three things that I'd go for. Absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Anthony Nyman, for joining on today's show and chapter of the SDR Disco Call Show. So as a big thank you to our listeners and watchers uh, joining on today's episode, if you're listening to this in your local podcast platform, please make sure that you give us a like, rating, and share Ant's episode. And also, if you're watching this on YouTube, please like, comment, and subscribe down below. And if you've got any questions for Ant, put them in the comment section and we'd be happy to pass them on and you'll be able to get back in touch with you. 
But Anthony Nyman, thank you so much uh, for joining the SDR Disco Call Show today. I wish you a positive week. I'll see you in class very soon. And thank you for joining, sir. Happy selling. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the SDR Disco Call podcast today. We would like to get this message out to more and more sales development reps, so please like, comment, and share in your local podcast provider. If you don't want to miss a show, you can always send a blank email to SDR Disco Call, one word, at bcast, which is B-C-A-S-T dot email, and you'll be added to our mailing list. We're also on the lookout for new guests, so if you work in the world of sales development as an SDR, BDR, MDR, or ADR, and feel that you have an important message or story to share, feel free to email us at podcast at happyselling.io, and we'd love to have you on board.